Amen. I'm Pastor Ray, and I'm excited about sharing God's Word with you this morning. We've been doing a series called Mission Possible, and so I have the opportunity to share, uh, I think it's the third week in that. So this morning, I'm going to be talking about the role of, uh, of developing our legacy in the context of the mission that God has called us onto. So we're going to be talking about mission from broad strokes, but also then what is, what is our involvement in that mission as a local church, then even more personal, how am I to be involved in that, and how's my involvement in that leaving a legacy for the next generation. So we have a lot of good information for you, so keep your ears open and your hearts receptive, and just soak up everything that the Holy Spirit has for you today. In Genesis chapter 12, we're going to begin at Genesis and then at Revelation. Is that okay? <laughs> we have all the time in the world, right? Today is Mom's Day. There's nothing else to do but just to celebrate the goodness of being a mom and celebrate the presence of God. So trust me, we'll have you out of here in, in, in plenty of time. I, I, one thing I learned from Pastor Vernon just a sh few short weeks that he's been here, I'm going to bust down a little bit here, is that uh, you can have more than one closing. Uh, how about that the last couple of weeks? He said, in closing, one more thing I want to share with you. <laughs> so I, I'm going to get six of those today. But... <laughs> But in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3, when uh, uh, God is speaking to Abram, and that's who uh, God entered into covenant with Abram, called him into covenant with him, and in, in, in communicating the outcomes of, that particular, of, of the covenant, the blood covenant that we get to enjoy today, we have Jesus through the lineage of that particular covenant. But in that statement in verse 3, he says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you... All the families. I'm going to say all the families. So in Abraham, in this covenant that I'm establishing with you, in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's a broad stroke when we're talking about mission possible. But God, that is God stating his mission on the earth. And it's his heart's desire that in, that, that in his mission that the outcome would be that all the families of the earth would be blessed. Then the one we're probably more familiar with when it comes to, to mission is in Matthew 28. The gospels repeat it several times, but it's in uh, 28 and verse 19 that we have God's commission. Some people refer to it as the Great Commission. I just like to refer to it as the commission. It's the only commission. It's not like it's a great one and there's some others that are, that are less great, but the commission, God's commissions, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You following the trend here with God's heart? All people, all families, all nations. Then we have a fulfillment of this in Revelation chapter 5, verse 8 through 10. See, that wasn't so painful, was it, to go from Genesis to Revelation in one sermon? We're almost done. That's my first closing. <laughs> verse 8 says, Now when they had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowl, bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue out of every tribe and tongue and people and 
nation, and you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. That is God's mission in broad strokes, that, in, that uh, through his covenant with Abraham, through Abraham's seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And if, you're wondering if, that, if you ever wonder if that includes you, I'll give you a homework assignment. Read the book of Galatians and specifically chapter 3. You'll find out that you are the seed of Abraham. And if you are, then you're in Christ. And this blessing pronouncement from God includes you and your family. So we've been redeemed to God by his blood out of every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. So in talking about mission, mission possible, Pastor Vernon's been doing an excellent job the last two weeks just really sharing uh, the, the, the vision that's within him for the mission that God has for the church here and just uh, putting out a, 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 just a lot of opportunities and, and uh, avenues and, and ways that we are to be engaged in fulfilling the mission of Grace Church here on so I'm going to just say it here on the earth. And sometimes when we think about mission, we think it has to be overseas someplace. But, you know, it's going to all the world. Now, I have a globe in my office, and uh, the United States is on the globe. And if you look real closely, you can find Berks County on the globe. You can find Reading, Berks and beyond. It's on the globe. So we have this, uh, sometimes we get this religious mindset. Well, in order for it to qualify for God's mission, we have to go somewhere. Yes, go next door. Go across the street. Go to your schools, go to your places of employment, go to your friends, your family. So it, it doesn't always have to be going overseas somewhere. So we have a lot of opportunities that are coming up. And, and so within that context of mission possible, he specifically asked me to talk about leaving a legacy and how we are to work on a legacy so that we have something to leave. So let me take a moment to define legacy. Uh, it's defined as something that is passed on, such as one's faith, uh, one's ethics, or core values. Legacy really flows from your character, whether we like it or not. That's, what's end up, that's what people are going to be talking about. Is, you know, talk about legacy. Uh, they're going to be talking about your character. They're going to be talking about reputation, the life that you led. And, and also, it's, uh, legacy is also known as setting an example for others to help others guide their participation in God's mission. And so keep those um, thoughts in mind there about the idea of legacy. And, and personally, how does that apply to you as you are making a commitment to God to be involved in Mission Possible, and specifically Mission Possible through the ministry here known as Grace Church? Of course, it's universal, but it's also personal right here for us and for this community of believers known as Grace Church. So uh, Pastor Vern and I asked my wife, Nancy, to share some of her uh, thoughts on, on Grace Church and its mission. So let's go ahead and hear from Nancy. My personal journey of faith began you know, as a child. I, I received Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior at a summer backyard Bible event. Um, I feel like I've known God pretty much all my life, and credit really goes to my mother, Marie Plum. I remember going to church with her every Sunday, and um, when, you know, in the neighborhood of other churches, and we were invited to other church events, uh, we, we always were, you know, Mom always supported us going. So I feel like I learned about God and Jesus, you know, at an early age. 
And um, so I had a legacy of faith starting at a young age. I, I, I remember when I left for college, mom said, I don't, it doesn't matter to me where my children go to church, but go to church. My journey of faith continued um, after college when I discovered Grace Fellowship Church meeting in uh, the Shillington Theater on Lancaster Avenue, I guess it was. Uh, I was driving to church one Sunday in my uh, 1984 Nissan Pulsar and I got a speeding ticket. It was a four cylinder stick shift, but apparently I was going over 35 miles an hour. <laughs> anyway, um, in, the, in the theater, on the, there was a sign on the bulkhead and everyone from the early years at Grace will remember, expect a miracle. Grace Church is a good Bible-based church with practical teachings of God's Word. Having come from a liturgical style of church, that was new to me. Uh, to be taught, taught the Bible, you know, line by line, bring your Bible, take notes. Um, I, I really was like a sponge soaking, soaking it in, soaking up the Word. Um, the, some of the teachings that stand out to me for, from the early years of my growing in my journey of faith would be um, that we are a three-part being, that we have a body, we have a soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, you know, that's what makes us unique and that we have a spirit. And so that even though our spirits are born again, we, we need to grow. We need to grow in our faith and our trust in God. And so that, that was new to me and that was exciting. Um, I think that um, other, another teach, other teachings that stand out to me at Grace Church would be teachings about finances. We need so much wisdom and practical advice and insights into how to learn, how to steward our resources, how to uh, trust God as our ultimate source for everything. And I think that as we journey through different stages of life, finances can always be an issue. And it's so good to have practical teachings of the Bible, from the Bible on that. We need practical help in life and good Bible teaching helps us with that. We don't want church to be a religious exercise. So I guess my heart in saying all this is that don't ever take for granted the value of a good Bible-based church with leader, trustworthy leadership and integrity. And we have that here at Grace Church. Being married to Pastor Ray uh, certainly has given me a greater appreciation um, and awareness of the call on a pastor's life. I guess you could say I've had a bird's eye view of that. Uh, the importance of study and prayer in bringing a message that's timely for the congregation. Um, I've, I've seen that. I've seen uh, Pastor Ray's leadership to move the church forward. There's definitely different junctures that the church needed to take new steps. and. Um, and Pastor Ray's done that, and I, I think he's led the church well. He certainly has been surrounded by a great team of people, uh, really great over the years, and God has been so faithful to provide that. And so um, I think that Grace Church, you know, has been a good, solid, consistent, Bible-based teaching church with strong leadership. 
And I think we've all benefited from that. I certainly have. In honor of Mother's Day and leaving a legacy of faith, the theme of leaving a legacy of faith, um, there are some scriptures that we have here at Grace Church. They're posted on the wall back in the children's wing. I'll, I'll read a few of those. Isaiah 56, 13 says, All your children will be taught of the Lord, and great will be their peace. Another one is Psalm 78, 4. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. It occurred to me this week that thinking about to have believing parents is such a tremendous gift. Um, at my age, where my parents are no longer here, I'm starting to appreciate that. The children back there this morning, they can't appreciate yet what it, what it means to have all the word that's being uh, sown into their lives. But even though they can't appreciate it, even though children and all of us can't appreciate it, maybe at different seasons of, a, of our lives, it's never for nothing. Amen. It's never for nothing, so stay encouraged and, and keep trusting. Praise God. Thank you, Nancy. As we continue to keep those thoughts in mind, I just want to remind you again that legacy is something that's passed on. They were saying it's passed on. And it's, uh, it's such as your faith, your ethics, or your core values. And when uh, Pastor Vern asked me to, to talk about within this particular series to address the subject of, of leaving a legacy or developing a legacy, I started doing a little bit of reflecting on the scriptures and thinking about different Bible characters and, 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 and transitional situations that are, are recorded in scripture. But I came upon uh, in reading Deuteronomy and at chapter 32 and chapter 33 of Deuteronomy, next time you're reading this, keep this in mind, but what's really happening here is Moses is imparting his legacy to the congregation and he's doing so with a song. So I know Nathan has never asked me to sing or to lead worship, but, pa but Pastor Vern has asked me to, leave a, to talk about leaving a legacy and Moses, my, being my mentor, my example, did it with a song. So here we go. Are you ready? Uh, let's not do that. <laughs> so part of my legacy is I, I know how to swim in my own lane, and, and, and uh, singing is not one of those. I, I enjoy singing. I'm just not going to be leading worship. So, so praise God. But in, that, in those particular chapters, there's one verse I want to draw your attention to, and it's verse 7 of chapter 32, where Moses is reminding the people. He says, remember the days of old. Consider... The years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you. Your elders, and they will tell you. So one of the unique things about legacy, it's, it's uh, generational. It's something that's to be passed on from generation to generation. And when we go through transitions, it's not to forget the prior generation, just forget all the groundwork that's been laid, all the wisdom that's been instilled and say, well, you know, we've been there and done that. Let's do something completely new. It's always a combination of the old and the new. 
renewed wineskins. It's not getting rid of the wineskins, it's renewing the wineskins for, for, for new anointings and, and new insights and, and uh, greater revelations and, and, and visions that, that God has instilled within us. So let's remember the days of old, the good things that God has done and, and that we, we build on those and, and always remember to be, uh, that we be humble and teachable to learn from those that have gone before us because they will show us and they will tell us in the way that we should be going. Now I'd like to draw your attention to uh, the book of Matthew chapter uh, 13 verse 44 and, and uh, through 46. We have a Jesus gives two stories here illustrating for us the value of the kingdom of heaven. And I think there's a, a lot that we can, we can uh, glean in, in this particular setting here. And so in, in, uh, in this illustration, uh, in the first one, we're going to see that it's, it's, it's the, I, I refer to it as the value of values parable in verse 44 uh, through 46. And it, uh, in the first one, the man discovers a hidden treasure and upon seeing its value, he sells all that he has to purchase, to purchase the land in which he found, in which he found it. In the second illustration, the second story, it's a, it's a pearl merchant, but he's out looking for fine pearls. And when he finds one of great value, he sells everything to buy the pearl of great price. So let me read these to you. They're, they're real Two really fast-moving uh, parables, but again, I believe they a perfect illustration of that which is valuable, speaking of uh, legacy, talking about core values. So in verse 44, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking, a be seeking beautiful pearls, who when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold it, sold all that he had and bought it. Sold all that he had and bought it. So they are just a little bit different, but they both illustrate the exact same point. Once we understand and discover the value of kingdom of heaven principles, the value of asking our fathers and looking to our elders for wisdom and insight, the value of clinging to the word of God and clinging to God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who changes not. He's the same God and that we can put our trust and our confidence in. And once we understand the value of kingdom of heaven, truth and principles, nothing else in our lives will do. And that is, that is the foundation from which are, legacy is built. And so I want you to, to grasp that and ask the Holy Spirit to bring that revelation to you as well, that when you see something of great value, you are willing to embrace it and go all in on it. And I'm going to encourage you to go all in on what God has in store for us as a family here known as Grace Church. Go all in on the mission possible. They are, there are great things in store. We've had many great years, many great decades, but there's so much more that's yet to come. God wants to do uh, uh, continue to do things beyond what we can even ask or imagine, but he does those things according to the power that is deposited within us. So stay faithful to God. So the intent, again, of these 
two short parables is simple. It, it, it is to point out that we will give our lives to what we esteem to be of great value. Whatever you consider to be of great value, you will give yourself to it. And we have to be honest with ourselves. What am I giving myself to? And then deduce from that, is it really something of great value or am I being deceived? Am I, am I wasting away precious time or am I really discovering that which is of great value and going all in on it, giving up everything, selling out and going for it? Again, uh, Nancy said, how's sermon preparation coming for Sunday? I said, it's, it's, it's good. I said, Pastor Vernon asked me to talk about legacy, and the more I started digging into it, I thought, I feel like I'm preparing my own eulogy. <laughs> and so uh, whoever's going to speak at my funeral in like 30 years from now, you can go ahead and <laughs> just play this back, all right? <laughs> I just thought, why not take care of myself? Why should I trust someone else to talk about me? <laughs> Are you all in? <laughs> There's probably a whole lot of other people who wish they would address it themselves before they came. Anyway, let's not get too morbid here. Uh, <laughs> so, God is good, and he has good things in store for us, and he, he wants to do even greater things than what we have discovered at this point. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 15, the Apostle Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth, he was among many other instructions and, and corrections he's bringing into their lives. He's also reminding them, he said, listen, you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. And I thought, if the Apostle Paul wrote that to the church at Corinth many, many years ago, think how much more valid that is today with social media, the access we have to all the teachers all over the globe. There's so much access to so many teachers. And if ever it's true that we, we can fall guilty in only listening to the people that are saying what we want to hear, itching ears, I think Paul wrote to Timothy about it. He said, people are going to have itching ears and they're going to go for things that they only want to hear. And so Paul's bringing correction to that generation uh, centuries ago. Think about how much more applicable it is today that, yes, there are thousands and thousands of instructors, thousands and thousands of things available for on social media, but uh, you don't have many fathers. And what he's really bringing out is that, that we need spiritual fathers and mothers, or in a church context, you need a local pastor. I know some people, you know, uh, even from Grace Church here, especially during the, the, the COVID shutdown, some people haven't made the return trek back yet. And, and some are legitimate concerns, but others are just, you know, just that they found out that uh, there, there's some other churches that they like. There's some other uh, churches that they have. Uh, they like their worship better, or they like their teacher better, or they like the pastor better. And my thought to that is being honest with you, just, you know, this is uh, talking about legacies. I need to be honest. It's like, that's fine. But when you need a baby dedication, when you need, when you need uh, a, a wedding officiated, or when you need someone to preside over your funeral, you go ahead and call that person that lives 10,000 miles away that you so dearly like and see if they won't come and do your funeral for you. And so it's important that we, uh, there's nothing wrong. There's people that I enjoy listening to. There's people that I glean from, but we need to have fathers and mothers of the faith. We need to have people that we are in relationship with. And that we are certainly in the natural realm. We are in relationship with fathers and mothers. That's a close 
relationship. Spiritually, you need a spiritual father and mother in the faith, someone that is a, a, a reliable mentor, mentor to be honest with you, to, to uh, train you, to equip you, to encourage you, and especially we as fathers and mothers uh, of the faith, we need to be cognizant of always being reaching out to the next generation with the spirit of faith. And so there's many different ways I could go with this, but uh, I want you to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want to use this as, a, as our illustration today for talking about legacy. Uh, Paul, as Timothy's father in the faith, is sharing this with Timothy, and this is how I feel as a having been passing now, it's almost 40 years. In October of this year, it'll be 40 years that I came to Berks County in October of 1983 and introduced myself to the small group of people that were meeting together in a Bible study and were praying for our church. I had no idea they were doing that, but that's what they were doing. I came, I talked to my pastor, Pastor Sam uh, Smooker from Worship Center, talked to him about my vision, told him I had a desire to come into Berks County, the Reading area to Pioneer Church. I did, I did not know that there was a small group meeting here praying for a church, but he knew there was. And he told me about them, and he said, you should go and, and meet them. He said, matter of fact, they're meeting tonight. It was on a Tuesday, so I thought, well, sure, that's why I'm here, to, to explore. And so I came up to the Reading area and ended up at, the, at uh, Jim and Laws Wagner's uh, household and knocked on the door, rang the doorbell, I forget which, but came in and introduced myself. Just, you know, Ray, and as far as they were concerned, I'm just someone from the community that heard about their Bible study, and, and uh, they just welcomed me in. And, and so... Uh, I'm sitting in there, and the lady leading the Bible study, it was supposed to be a, a discussion of the previous Sunday message, but she opened up the Bible study. Remember, I went there because my pastor said, go and share your vision with them. And so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm going to see if I have an opportunity to share my vision with them. The lady opened the Bible study, and she said, the Holy Spirit woke me up this morning. He said, we should not talk about Sunday's service sermon Instead, I really think we're supposed to talk about our vision. And where do we see ourselves as a group? Six months from now. That was my timeline. This was October of 83. My timeline was I wanted to be back here uh, the following year to, to start a church. And so they went around the room and they talked about their different uh, ideas that they had, what, where, where they might end up being in six months and what God is doing and how they have been praying for a pastor. And my heart's just gone, you know, I'm just, and uh, finally they came to me. I was the last person. So I introduced myself and I said, I'm here. I met with your pastor this morning, my pastor. He wasn't all of their pastor. He just, Pastor Sam knew some of them. The people were here from different churches. And I said, I'm here. I came up here because I have it on my heart to come here and, and start a church. In typical Berks County and Lancaster County, it fits the mold as well, and my own personality, so I was, I was reaping what I had been sowing. Their response was underwhelming. It was, oh. My heart went, rate went way down. <laughs> it's like, well, this is not the right group. <laughs> 
And then, but then one lady, they prayed, and this one lady at the end, they all prayed, and then one lady at the end, when she prayed, she prayed for Pastor Ray. She referred to me as Pastor Ray, and I thought, we got one. We got one. <laughs> and that couple never came. <laughs> we have some of the family members. I see Drew, Paul, and Becky Thomas. That was Becky Thomas's parents. Stand up. Go ahead. Let people see who you are. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Paul and Becky were the first time I ever had a couple as a husband and wife came to the altar together to receive Christ. And so that was special. I always remember that. And then they had Drew. <laughs> For those of you who know the family, and then they had Drew. <laughs> and then they kept getting saved again every week because they had Drew. <laughs> but, but Drew ended up receiving Christ also as a young adult and really became passionate about God and, and uh, so he and his family are here, and we're just excited about the, the legacy of faith in, in that particular family. So your parents certainly have left a legacy there, and you passed it on to the next generation. And Drew's always been busy passing it on to other generations. He was a youth minister here for uh, quite a few years and impacted a lot of young people in a very positive way. So praise God. Did you find 2 Timothy? That's why I'm talking. I'm waiting to see if you found it or not. You all found it? No, you're waiting for it to come up on the screen. I understand. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. I'm going to read through uh, verse 16 or 17, then I'm going to go back, and then we're going to close. That's my second closing. But, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch in Iconium, in Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Cling to that legacy. Things you've learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Knowing from whom you learned them. That's that father-mother relationship again. Uh, Father-mother and child. In verse 15, And from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, I'm going to say all scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In speaking of legacy, the legacy of Grace Church, my legacy of being here as pastor of Grace Church, as we are bringing that season to a close, and we'll give you appropriate due season on that, definitely here throughout the rest of, of this year. Uh, so some people are saying, are you leaving now? Or when are you leaving? So I, I'm here. We'll be here. All right, Nancy and I will be here. We love you, and we're going to be here until God gives us a, the right time that we're supposed to transition. But uh, speaking of legacy, Paul, as Timothy's father in the faith, is talking about the legacy of sound doctrine. Everyone say sound doctrine. That has been my heart from the very beginning till now and for the future of Grace Church that is always established on sound doctrine in the Word of God. The next thing he mentions is his manner of life. 
a close relationship. Timothy could see up front Paul's life and what manner of life that was. Now, it was consistent with the scriptures. Not that, it's, not that we're perfect, but that when we miss it, we're humble enough to admit it and we repent from it and we continue to go on. Manner of life. Uh, the third word there is purpose. What is the purpose? My purpose is recorded in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. For those of you that have been with me for a while, you know this about it. If you can pull that scripture up, Acts 20, verse 24. Acts chapter 20 says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, that I might finish my race with joy. Finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. In my Bible, at that verse, I have written in there for many years, my life purpose. People say, what's your purpose in life? I came across that scripture and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's your life purpose. Your life purpose is to uh, not count your life dear to yourself, but count the kingdom of God of great value, a pearl of great value, of, of a precious commodity. Sell out, give everything you have to it, and proclaim, testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And so uh, that's, that's been my life purpose. Then the next thing that Paul refers to is, is, is the faith. Faith. These are all uh, found here in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, faith, we are a, a church, men and women of faith. We could also say we, we trust in and we rely on God. We don't lean on our own understanding, so we are men and women of faith. We believe that faith pleases God and that without faith, it's not possible to please Him. And then he goes into long-suffering, long-suffering, and love. Everyone say love. love. I believe that Grace Church is always focused on being a purpose, being a, a church of faith, being a church of long-suffering, being a congregation of the love of God. Did I mention love? Have, I forget. Did I say love? Yes. Y'all heard that, right? We're a loving people. And also perseverance. Everyone say perseverance. perseverance. It's one thing to trust God in a moment it is quite another to live out that trust day after day, year after year, decade after decade. It's been a season of perseverance, a season of love, seasons of long-suffering, seasons of, of always knit together by the spirit of faith and trust in God, remembering purpose, being conscious of manner of lifestyle, setting an example for others to follow, and all of it being established on the sound doctrine of the Word of God, which is able to build you up and, and, and to equip you for every good work. So this is my hope, and this is the legacy of Grace Church, and this is the legacy that my hope and desire. It will continue, and I have all the confidence in the world that Pastor Vern and Alicia and, and the staff here, that, and just all the good people that have been in 
involved, that are involved, that will be involved. It will continue to always be a church of sound doctrine and of purpose. And so I wanted to share that with you. I thank you for that opportunity to share that. And there's so much more that could be said, but obviously I don't want it to uh, keep you here. I want you to be able to enjoy the rest of your day as well. So praise God. God is good. Amen. Love you and know that it's been a journey and it's going to continue to be a journey, but God is faithful and he will continue to be with all of us.